Well, this is uh, a great time if you are a football uh, fan and you are especially college football uh, and uh, you like to watch your games on Saturday. It's, it's always an interesting time. You never really fully know what all is going to happen uh, in the season. And right now, probably your favorite team, whether it's LSU or Auburn or Alabama or whomever it may be, they're still playing high school teams. So uh, it's not all that competitive. But if you look inside of the um, field houses of all the the different places that they play, you'll see some slogans on the wall. And I thought about this um, this past Friday as I was watching the the most recent episode of Ted Lasso. And I don't know how many of you are uh, fans of the Ted Lasso show, but uh, it's an amazing show. I love it. Um, and uh, it's in season two, but throughout season one and two, uh, the slogan believe is right there in the locker room, right there in the field house. And it's something that gets a lot of attention uh, that uh, is kind of a recurring theme uh, for this. Um, we say soccer over here on this side of the pond, but their football team. Um, and they really do need to believe because they're not a very good team, they're becoming a better team, and they're starting to believe more. But there is this religious theme that runs throughout the show. There are other slogans in locker rooms. I wanted to list a few. One that you might see is championships are won at practice. Championships are not won in the championship, they're won at practice. Another that you might see hanging on the wall in a locker room, one that I remember from my high school, uh, was no pain, no gain. Well, our team was not getting any gain, but we were having a lot of pain, so I never fully uh, understood that. Another is teamwork makes the dream work. You like that one? Teamwork makes the dream work. And then finally, Always earned, never given. That might be something you hear a coach say to you. Always earned, never given. Those are important words for teams to hear. It's wisdom that coaches will provide to a team in a given season. Well, this morning in our Gospel text, we have heard Jesus talking to His team of disciples. And He is giving wisdom to them about how they were to live their lives, how they were to be His followers in the world. And they didn't have a field house or a locker room. They were always on the go. But if Jesus had a whiteboard or a wall He could post, He would have put these words. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Jesus was really getting on to His disciples. He is correcting them. If you look back in the Gospel text, you will see that they're walking along and they start arguing with one another about who is the greatest. Can't you just picture this? And Mark, who is reporting this for us, I'm sure was you know, just face-palming and, and thinking, what, what is going on? And maybe, actually, Mark was one of them who was debating this as well. 
well, I'm the greatest. Jesus likes me a whole lot more, and he's been talking to me a whole lot more, and I think I'm the greatest. And then the others were like, no, I'm the greatest. And this was going back and forth. Can you just imagine a lot like an elementary school playground or middle school playground or presidential debate? Who knows? Arguing about who is the greatest. And so this is really frustrating Jesus. I'm sure his patience was wearing thin. And uh, he's, he's seen his disciples doing things like this. And And really, he sees that they have the wrong idea about what God was wanting to do in the world. They were envisioning that Jesus was going to be this political um, conqueror. And he was going to take back their nation and and sit on the throne. And with him, they would be sitting on the thrones as well. They'd have their own thrones right there next to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, that's not how it's going to be. And so here... In this gospel text, he says, look, this is what's going to happen to the Son of Man. Uh, They're going to come after him. They're they're going to arrest him. He's going to die. And then he's going to rise again. And they really didn't want to hear all of that. This whole idea about death, that was counter to their understanding. And so Jesus says, no, whoever wants to be first must be last of all. And uh, he emphasizes this to them. And we are to hear those words as well. James has some words to the church that he was writing. And we heard those earlier. I think I've got them up here on the screen. He says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Those are the strong words. Don't, don't you just love James, by the way? We've been in James for a few weeks. James pulls no punches, right? He gets right to the point. He says, this is what real religion is. This is what Jesus taught us to do and to be in the world. And so he says, y'all have all this ambition and these problems and these challenges, but you need to understand that's not how we are created to be. That is not who we are. I read once in the book uh, by Ryan Holiday, and I highly recommend this book. Uh, The title of the book is Ego is the Enemy. He says, while the history books are filled with tales of obsessive visionary geniuses who remade the world in their image with sheer, almost irrational force, I've found that history is also made by individuals who fought their egos at every turn, who eschewed the spotlight, and who put their higher goals above their desire for recognition. That's a great insight, isn't it? That those who really were the greatest in the world were those who were able to to take care of their ego, 
to be able to push it aside and to live for something greater than themselves. I believe that is what Jesus and James have emphasized for us today. And as followers of Jesus today in our world, we are to live wisely. We are to live according to the wisdom that uh, has been given to us by Jesus about what it really means to live as a servant in this world. How do we do that as we sit here today and as we go out into our world tomorrow? How is it that we can live that kind of way? I love our shirt in the church. Uh, If you don't have one of these shirts, uh, we'll see if we can get you one. I don't even know if we have any more. We do. Uh, This is what's on the back of our shirt. And as we celebrate our 11th anniversary, this has been our shirt all along. We just keep remaking them. But on the back of it, it says, Here to Serve. And I love when I see you as our, our church out in the neighborhood or at an event or doing something here around the building and you have this on the back of your shirt. Here to serve. That's what we're here to do. And as a church, that means that we are here to serve others first. That it's not about us. We don't come here to serve ourselves. We are here, as our purpose statement says, to be a blessing. We're here to love our neighborhood with the love of Jesus. And that means it's not about us. It's about others. And it also means that we don't care who gets the credit. That our church loves partnerships. We love working with anybody around who wants to come in and do the work of God in our neighborhood. To be about the kingdom of God, whether they realize it or not. And so we do that. We've always done that. Partnering with other people and organizations. Not caring who gets the credit. Now our church has had some really good ideas. Our church has done some amazing things. And sometimes others get credit for it. And that's great. We also love it when we mess up stuff and we don't get credit for that and we blame it on other people. That works too. But being a servant means we don't care who gets the credit. It doesn't have to be about us. But also seeing service as the output of our worship. It's great to come together this morning. By the way, we don't have nearly as many this morning as we had last Sunday for our our big anniversary service. But usually as we gather together in a big crowd and, and we worship, we realize that's not the end of it, right? Worship doesn't end with a benediction. It leads us out into our neighborhood. It leads us out into our world to be a living sacrifice for Christ in our world. Someone uh, recently told me that um, they weren't getting much out of church. And I just thought, you know, it's not about what you get out of church. It's about what you give, right? Our church has never been about showing up to get something. And if that's why you're here, you're probably here for the wrong reason. We do get fellowship, we do get community, we do get inspiration from hearing Scripture and all of that. But it's about getting that and giving it to the world. And that's what we are here to do. Well, how do we do that as individuals? I think it comes down to remembering the humility of our leader. And sometimes we get mixed up, don't we? We follow political leaders 
or we follow uh, idols that we've made or, or particular people that we looked up, look up to in the world. But if we are not following Jesus and we're not learning from His humility, then we're getting it all wrong. And maybe that's what's wrong with the church and the world today. Maybe we're not following Jesus and not looking to Him as the humble leader that He has shown Himself to be. So it comes with putting others first. We do that as individuals when we do it in our homes. That's the beginning place, right? When you go home with your spouse or your partner or your child, whoever it is that's in your household, that you would be putting them first. Do you do that in your life? Again, problems that arise in our households usually come from when we are trying to get our needs met first rather than meeting the needs of other people around us. But also friendships, putting your your friends before you are and, and, and serving them before you serve yourself. What about in your workplaces? That's one of the hardest places and that's probably where you spend most of your time. Putting people in your office and their needs ahead of your own. Looking to be a servant of them rather than them serving you. And in schools, children, I hope that you're doing that in your school places as well with those that you know in your classrooms that that you're looking out to see what needs can I meet in this place? How can I be a servant of my teacher? How can I be a servant of people who really need some help? And doing that all around in our relationships. It is a matter of following in the way of our Savior Jesus Christ. I read about Einstein uh, towards the end of his life. He removed two portraits that he had hanging on the wall there in his office. One of them was Newton and the other one was Maxwell. Two incredible scientists who made incredible contributions to the scientific world and beyond. But he decided that he would replace them with portraits of two other people. One was Gandhi, the other was Schweitzer. And he explained that it was time for him to replace the image of success with the image of service. He was not only wise with science, he was wise with life, was he not? That's a great idea for us to do as well. To remove the portraits of our world's definition of success and to replace them with our true model of success, Jesus Himself. So as we go into this week, may we do that. May we take down whatever it is that is other than Jesus. And may we start following in His ways. Let us pray.